Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. The following podcast contains explicit language. Oh my God, I fucking love that pitch. I know. Of course, it does blow out our Act 4 break. I don't care. We're doing it anyway. (laughs) Okay. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we're going to share our big work news, two pilot sales, and talk about the endurance that it's going to take to see them through to the finish line. And then, Sarah, I think it's fair to say your health lull is over. Definitely. It's over. As of a couple weeks ago, I am officially a whole food plant-based eater. Yes, and your friend and real estate agent to the stars, Victoria Massingale, is going to come by and share some tips about how to survive without meat and dairy. Eek! I can't wait. And we've got a Hollywood hack that could make your dinner out extra delicious especially if you happen to be vegan. But first, an update. In episode 123, our Hollywood hack was arrive early, but our listener Lauren wrote in with a different perspective, which was interesting. She said, I agree that arriving early is essential to a smooth start. However, there is a big difference between arriving 10 to 15 minutes early and arriving 30 minutes or more early. I've always felt that showing up more than 20 minutes early puts unnecessary stress on those you are meeting with who may feel rushed by your arrival. I see it with my coworkers who do back-to-back interviews and in my role as a corporate trainer. When I hold training, my job is to make people feel welcome and engaged from the moment they walk through the door. It takes a lot of preparation, both physical, moving tables, making coffee, setting up technology, and mental, reviewing information and amping up my energy to be ready to receive people. It is often not feasible to begin this process more than an hour early, which is typically plenty of time. When people show up more than 20 minutes early, it often disrupts the process and becomes extremely awkward. I imagine it's a lot different in the entertainment industry, but could you put out this PSA for more (laughs) traditional workplaces? Absolutely give yourself the extra time to find the right location, have your snack, etc., but wait in your car, take a walk around the building, or grab a coffee next door while you give people space to prepare for you. 
Thank you for making me happier in my work life. Well, it's a good point. It's a really, really good point. Yes, being somewhere too early is bad and does put sort of undue pressure on people. And we do this also. We wait in the car yes, if we're super early. We often sit in the car for a good 15 minutes yeah. eating icebreakers um, and waiting to go in. <laughs> so, Lauren, point well taken. Yes. Also, Sarah, before we launch into our treadmill desk, I yes. wanted to remind everyone that Gretchen and I are doing live shows this fall. We're doing Ooh. the Happier Hour with Gretchen and Elizabeth. Our next shows are in Kansas City and Chicago. Please come see us in our hometown. It's very exciting. And then we're doing more shows, Charlotte, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Providence, Philadelphia. So you can go to GretchenRubin.com slash events for all the info and links to buy tickets. Okay, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks Of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it is endurance. Yes, this is something we all need in our jobs when we are at the beginning of enormous projects. And we are at the beginning of two <laughs> enormous projects because right now, we can finally announce. Yes, we have sold two pilots. Thank God. Few and <laughs> yay! <laughs> relief and joy. Yes, exactly. Mostly relief like and joy. So, Sarah, should we tell everyone about our pilots? Yes, let's do it. Yes. One is for CBS. It was described in Variety like this. Quote, the untitled one-hour project follows four women who, fed up with feeling unseen after a neighbor mysteriously disappears from their tranquil Florida community, band together to find her by turning their invisibility into a superpower to gain access and uncover clues where others can't, discovering that they have an uncanny knack for crime-solving. Yes, yeah, so we are working on the outline and very excited. We've never done a pilot for CBS. Yeah, it's like the only place we haven't done a pilot for, I think. Yeah, so this is super fun. Yes. And the other pilot is for ABC. Now, the official announcement is still forthcoming, so we can't say much about it. We can say we're doing it with Wonderland, which is McGee's company. McGee is attached to direct it, so that's amazing because finding a director, of course, is always such a crazy-making thing. Yes. So if we could actually get a green light on this in— well, as soon as possible, but let's say January. <laughs> and we already have McGee directing. I mean, that would be great. Oh, amazing. Yes, we're incredibly excited about this project and about the other project as well. And people keep saying, congratulations, congratulations. So exciting. And yes, as you know, we are we very much believe in celebrating and being in the moment. But ultimately, really a victory for us at this point is getting a show on the air. Yes. So people are like, oh, my God, congratulations. And we're like, oh, thanks. Well, we're just <laughs> at the beginning of the process. Yeah. We are, of course, happy to have made these sales, but it's yeah. such a long process. We won't know until January slash February if yeah. these are going to pilot. And then if we get a pilot made, we won't know until May if they go to series. So we're really kind of pacing ourselves in our excitement. Yeah. Well, it's just this is a time when endurance is going to be fundamental to yes. kind of having 
sustainable lives for the next six months. Yeah, we can't, like, spend out all of our adrenaline in one rush. Exactly, because it's just writing a pilot is a huge multi-stage project. It involves lots of people, a tremendous amount of time. So just to sort of let people know what the various stages are just of a pilot script. You start with the story area, then you do an outline, then a studio draft, then a network draft, then more drafts involving kind of everyone. And then notes from multiple parties are coming in at each of those stages. Mm -hmm. And then that's still just the beginning because the goal is to get to the next (laughs) multi-stage part, which is making the pilot. Yes. So, Sarah, let's talk about how do we approach this to both be very productive and keep our sanity. Hopefully our listeners who, even if they're not making pilots, have other huge projects in front of them that are multi-stepped and have many people weighing in on them can use some of our same tactics for sort of maintaining endurance. Yes. Well, the first thing for us is we have to act as if it's definitely going to happen, as if we are definitely making pilots in March. And getting two shows picked up. Yes. Right. We have to believe each time, even though you could say the odds are stacked against us. They always are. Statistically speaking, we have to believe these are going because that's how we sort of stay at 100% in terms of quality and productivity. Yes. Having said that, we also have to not look too far ahead. Mm -hmm. We have to really be in the step that is currently in front of us. Yeah, I think that's really important for me because I get overwhelmed when I'm like, oh, my God, it's this date and we haven't even started the outline and then the script is going to be due and it's now we don't have enough time. (laughs) It's like I need to just stay in the part of the process that we're doing that day. Yes. Because a key part of this is not burning out. I mean, the biggest part of endurance, right, is not burning out. When a marathoner is at the beginning of the race, if they start too fast, they're not going to make it to the end. Like, you really have to parcel out your energy appropriately and just reminding ourselves of that. Yeah. To that end, Sarah, I was actually thinking this morning, like, we have to still take our weekend time the way we would do if we were working, you know, on a show. Yes. Because it would be very tempting to say, well, let's work through this weekend and we'll get babysitters and we'll burn the midnight oil and we will push through this outline and get it in. But that is going to burn us out. We always work hard, as everybody knows. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, we need to maintain the time that we— you know, as much as we possibly can so that we don't reach the end of our um, endurance like two months early. Yes, exactly. Because, of course, everything takes longer than you think it will. Yes, as we discussed on this very (laughs) podcast. Yes. And part of it is just relying on the skills that we have developed over, lo, these many years. Yes. We are, like, the first time we did a pilot, for us, it was reinventing the wheel. Yes. You know, we had no idea what we were doing. That was Women's Murder Club. Yeah. Even though, of course, tons of other people had done it and tons of other people had advice to offer until you've actually done it yourself. It's just 
you don't have the skills. Now yeah. we've done it a lot of times. We yes. really do, thank God, know what we're doing. So relying on our own experience yes. is key. For me, and again, I think a lot of people can relate to this, it seems like there's so much work ahead of you that I can get into like a slight panic mode. And it's very helpful for me to realize, wait, I know how to write a story area. Yeah. I absolutely know how to write a story area. Yeah. Why am I panicking? This right. is just a story area. How many outlines have we written? Dozens and dozens and dozens. Like, we can write an outline. It's no big deal. It is a big deal in one way. But (laughs) in actual execution, we know how to do it. Yes. And then there's another of our favorite phrases, don't treat a gift Mm, like a burden. Yes. A lot of people don't want to do pilots. Like, they just don't want to do them. We do. Yes. Like, this is what we want to be doing. We're incredibly lucky to be in this process, to have two great projects, to be excited and inspired. Yes. It is a gift. By the way, there's a lot of people who don't want to do pilots, and there's a lot of people who do want to do pilots and and have trouble selling them. So on both sides, it's like, this is a gift, and we have to remember this is what we wanted. Right. And then it's like, Sarah, in terms of don't treat a gift like a burden, it's also remembering all the notes we get, which can be a lot to sort of manage and handle. It's because people are invested in the project, which is also a gift. It's great to have people who care. The worst thing, and I'm sure we've said this on the podcast before, is when nobody cares. That's when you know a project is dead. So in a sense, the more notes we're getting, the better. That's a sign that people are invested and that they want it to go forward. Right. That's really true. It's also true that the notes and the voices can be the most exhausting Mm -hmm. part. And that is, again, where the endurance comes in. Yes. And if we're treating those voices and treating the notes as part of the team, part of the process, always working to make things better, it's much easier to handle that in a positive way. Yeah, it is so important. I think one of the biggest lessons we've learned in our career is that when you are embarking on something like this, it is a team effort. Yeah. The people at the studio and the network, they are part of our team. It's not an us and a them. It's just us. And we are all moving the ball in the same direction. I think that's a sports metaphor. I I don't know. (laughs) We all want the same thing. Yes. Well, yeah, and I think many inexperienced writers and many experienced writers who are precious Mm. have a sense that, like, this is my vision Mm -hmm. and other people are just kind of attacking my vision Mm -hmm. and I have to maintain this vision against these destructive voices that keep coming at me in my vision. Mm-hmm. That's a very common way to think about things. Yes. That is not at all how we think about things. No, we have really learned, and as, again, we have said, it's, it doesn't move the needle. If we disagree with someone's point of view to a point where we feel like this show will not get made or get on the air if we do this note, that's where we push back. But if we don't think it comes to that, then we really try to accommodate every note or the note behind the note, which is a whole separate conversation, as best we can. Yeah. We are all sailing this ship together. Yeah. And then something else to remember is relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a lot of new relationships with both of these pilots. Like sometimes you're doing projects with people who you've worked with before many times. 
In this case, we have a lot of new relationships. And coming out of this with great new relationships is insanely valuable. Yes. And for anybody out there doing big projects, I'm sure it's the same. See this not just as the project itself, but the relationships that are coming out of the project. Because ultimately the project will end, whether it ends in 10 years or whether it ends in 10 days. Ultimately, the project will end. What you're left with are the relationships that you make. Having said that, I don't want ours to end in 10 days. I want to get (laughs) at least one show on the air. Yes. And I think I'm just going to say it. I think we will. I think we will get one of these shows on the air, quite possibly two. I vote for two. Me too. All right. And of course, Sarah, we will keep all of our listeners up to date, I'm sure, (laughs) in detail about these projects as they move forward step by step. Yes, we will. Next up, a whole food plant-based take a hike with Sarah's friend and the phenomenal real estate agent, Victoria Massingale. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for Take a Hike, where we talk about physical, spiritual, or mental health. Today, it's physical health, my physical health specifically. Yes, goodbye, health lull, hello, whole food, plant-based diet. Sarah, can you tell our listeners how this came about? Because it definitely caught me by surprise. Yes. So I think it was two things. I've talked on the podcast about how I did Prolon, or I'm still doing it. It's a five-day fast-mimicking diet. I did it for two months. I have one month to go next week, five days. And, I mean, it's having, like, a huge impact on my blood pressure, for Mm. one thing. But it also really made me realize that I don't need as much protein as I think Mm. I need, which has been kind of an interesting revelation. And then a couple of years ago, I read a book by two doctors, Dean and Aisha Shurzai, called The Alzheimer's Solution. And they're big believers in a whole food plant-based diet. And when I read the book, I had this like sinking feeling of like, Mm. oh my God, this is where I'm going to end up. I'm not ready, but I know I'm going to end up there at some point. And then a few weeks ago, I took a solo trip to Minnesota. I just had like, you know, when you just have a moment Mm -hmm. to relax and think and breathe, I just decided, why wait? It feels like this is the time. So, Well, it's interesting because we're from Kansas City, land of the KC Strip and barbecue. (laughs) So this is big. 
It is. Yes. It's a big change, but I'm very lucky. I have a very good friend. She's also my real estate agent, (laughs) Victoria Massingale, who is vegan. And she has graciously, kindly agreed to come on and offer me some sage advice in this new world. So, Victoria, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God. Thank you for coming. And thank you for bringing vegan lasagna. You are so welcome. Yes, you brought lunch. How amazing is that? Okay, we're actually going to try it. Yes, we haven't tried it yet. We're waiting until we are live. (laughs) So forgive us for chewing into the mic. While we take a bite, can you tell us what's in the lasagna? Yes, so this is my Mm. go-to lasagna. Obviously, there are lasagna noodles. The ricotta is made out of tofu, garlic, lemon juice, a teensy bit of sugar, like a tablespoon of sugar and a little salt. And then it also has spinach and oh, so um, tomato sauce. I have to say, this is better than regular lasagna. I love I it. Delicious. I'm like, I don't eat gluten, but I have to eat another bite. So just one second, please. <laughs> mm. Oh, my God. Victoria, while Sarah finishes that bite, how long have you been vegan? I've been vegan about 16 years. Now, I just want to throw in there, there is a difference between being vegan and being, quote, whole food plant-based, because obviously there's a lot of processed, unhealthy vegan food. So being a whole food plant-based eater is sort of a part of being vegan, I guess. Like if there are different areas of veganism, (laughs) it's certainly under that umbrella, but with a real focus on whole foods and plant-based foods. Right. So I tend to go mostly whole foods. Of course, there are always those times when we go out to restaurants or have an Impossible Mm -hmm. Burger, but that's vegan junk food. That's Mm -hmm. plant-based junk food. So my whole thing is I cook at home a lot. Mm -hmm. I understand that's not necessarily realistic for everyone. But I have found that instead of ordering and having takeout all the time, which we all fall into that, Mm -hmm. if I just get the right groceries Mm -hmm. and I make lentils, I make some vegetables, you don't have to make these huge elaborate meals all the time. It's really just about throwing some things together, putting some spices in, and you can have really amazing meals every night without even really putting much thought to it. So what's like a typical day for you meal-wise? So a typical day, I tend to start out my day with a shake. I'm not a big morning eater, Mm -hmm. so a shake is fine. The night before, I'll usually make my lunch for that day, and it will consist of beans and vegetables. Just, just, I try to make sure my plate is very colorful. Mm. And there's a lot of variety. You get the grains, you get some protein, you get vegetables, some fruit. Make sure you've got some healthy fats in there. Big avocado fan. Yes. Especially in California. They're so delicious all the time. And then dinner you make at home. Dinner I make at home, I tend to work kind of late, so Mm. dinner for me is just something light. It's not a big thing. Sometimes it's as easy as cutting up a mango with some red onion, maybe a little avocado, some tomato with a tiny bit of balsamic vinegar on top, and that's it. It's interesting you mentioned protein because I talked to my doctor just to be like, I'm doing this. Is this crazy or is this fine? She was like, yeah, I think it's great. Make sure you take a B12 supplement and a DHA 
supplement, which is basically omega threes, mm-hmm. which we um, all need anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we get more than enough protein. And how about eating out? Do you find it's pretty easy to eat out? In L.A., it's super easy to Ah, eat out. I mean, we're kind of the mecca of plant-based, right? We're the ones that changed it from vegan to (laughs) plant-based. It sounds better. People people relate (laughs) to it more. I have found it's really pretty easy in L.A. Most places now have something you can eat. It doesn't have to be 10 items. If there's one or two, I am thrilled. It's great. My biggest pet peeve... (laughs) When I go to a restaurant and ask if they have something plant-based or something vegan, and they look at you and say, we have salad. Mm, Yeah. Right? That can be a meal. And salads are great sometimes, but You don't want to only have a salad option. No. If I go out for a nice dinner with my husband, I don't want a salad. I should point out that Disneyland, all the Disneyland, um, like Disney World, et cetera, are all going to have vegan options in every one of their restaurants starting in a few months, which is pretty amazing. I cannot tell you how stoked I am about that. (laughs) I love Disney. There's a whole blog about vegan Disney, and you can go to this place and get these kind of vegetables. You can do this. And now it's everywhere. It's awesome. Yes, and you were the one who told me about hidden Mickeys at Disneyland. You're like a real Disneyland aficionado. So this will be a life changer for you. And you. And, Mm -hmm. oh my God, and me. Good point. Now, Victoria, where are you on eating eggs? Because this is something that I struggle with. You have chickens. We have chickens. My husband said the one thing he really missed was eggs in Uh the house. He is not Uh plant-based. He, when we go out, he'll eat what he wants to eat. It's his thing, not mine. So one day he said, you know, the one thing I really miss having in the house is eggs. And I said, you're not bringing eggs into this house unless we grow them ourselves. Mm. And he said, okay, great. Fabulous. And me being (laughs) such an animal lover just went, okay. (laughs) So we have eggs. I was eating them for a while Uh and really enjoying them. They were delicious. Then I just didn't feel so good. No idea why. There was about a month where I just didn't feel good. Stopped eating them for a couple weeks. I think the chickens had stopped laying. They they do that on occasion. And uh, went back to eating them when they started laying again and felt terrible. So Uh I realized I just can't eat them. Yeah. Hmm. Eggs are my favorite food. I might have to get chickens. Okay. And then it can just be your plant-based plus your own chicken eggs. Yes, Oh, my God. Your house is just becoming a menagerie. (laughs) You're going to have a double whammy of plant-based and gluten-free. I know. So this is going to be like a whole maze to navigate. But you can absolutely do it. Thank you. You're welcome. What are your favorite vegan restaurants in L.A.? That I need to know. So there is obviously Crossroads, which is kind of the really amazing vegan white tablecloth. We've had Mm. brunch there, which was really, really fantastic. They come to your tables and make Bloody Marys. It's great. You introduced me to Sun Cafe, which is amazing. Sun Cafe is really fantastic. And one of the great things about Sun Cafe is it's also very, very little processed. So it's very yes. whole food. And then there's always Cafe Gratitude, which is fantastic. What is and Gracias Madre? Gracias Madre is also Cafe Gratitude. It's mm. just their Mexican food ah. version. 
So I went there. Yeah. With a bunch of, and you loved it, right? I loved it. I will say I was with some teenage <laughs> girls who were like, what is this fake cheese? They were <laughs> so into it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. All right. Well, Victoria, I will be calling you, I'm sure, over the next several weeks and months for tips and advice and support. I would love that. That would be amazing. I've also got a couple of cookbooks that are my go-to that have really, really great recipes in them uh-huh. that are super simple. Well, what you are can they? Throw yes. things. Well, I'm sure our listeners might like to hear that. Any cookbook by Chef Chloe Cozzarelli. She was the first person to win the Cupcake Wars as a vegan chef. Mm. Oh, awesome. She is amazing. She just came out with a new cookbook called Flavor. Okay. And it's just so good. And I mean, literally, you can just open any page and cook whatever's there. Great. You're making me excited to be whole food plant-based. Yay. I'm so (laughs) excited you are whole food plant-based. I know. Oh, God. Okay, (laughs) next up, we have a deliciously bold Hollywood hack. But first, this break. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing, so you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com Therapy60. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, it is time for this week's Hollywood hack, and this hack comes from you, Victoria. What is it? When I go to a restaurant, if there's nothing plant-based or vegan on the menu, my very favorite thing is to just ask for the chef. Mm. Keep in mind, the chef is cooking the same thing over and over and over again. So they are usually super stoked to just make something creative. They'll usually say, what do you want? What do you get? And I said, just use your imagination. Wow. See, I would never do that. So for me, like the idea of speaking directly to the chef just seems incredibly bold yes. in, a, in a great way. Like they just say like, sure, I'll go out to the table. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. <sighs> That I mean, if you're at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night Maybe and not, the place right? is completely <laughs> slammed, they might be a little busy yeah. in the kitchen. But the head chef is usually just like, bring it on. Wow. That is great advice. Yes. Yeah, people want you to be happy and have a great meal when you go to their restaurant. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. keeping in mind that it's fun for them. Yes. All right. I'll report back when I work up the guts to do that. I cannot tell you how many times the dishes have just kept rolling out. 
Wow. Here, try this. Try this. Try this. I've wanted to try this. Wow. Oh, my God. All right. You're like the vegan guinea pig. Talk to the chef. Yes. Thank you, Victoria. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you so much to Victoria Massingale, vegan and real estate agent to the stars, for being here. You can Best follow- real estate agent ever. Got to throw that in. And of course, go to her website for all things real estate, uh, which is victoriam.net. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thank you to everyone at Cadence 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcast, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and the new podcast from Whole 30's Melissa Urban, Do the Thing. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at S. and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Do you want to just stay and do the I'm hack? Like yeah. Another bite of my. I know. I'm gonna have another. Bite. I'm so really glad you guys delicious. like it. It's creamy. Yeah. Like that's the what cheese I was is creamy say. and melty. So good. That's why. Sorry, I didn't Chuck. Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry chewing. for the chewing sounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I hear that a lot. <laughs> From the Onward Project.